smartcast you're listening to a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast welcome to season 2 of our podcast kicks for free in which we discuss all things football i am dhiman and with me is my co-host vivek messi The 2022 FIFA World Cup is alive and kicking after Saudi Arabia provided one of the biggest upsets in the tournament's 92-year history. At Lusail Stadium on Tuesday, they beat tournament favorites Argentina, who were on a 36-match unbeaten run, 2-1, thanks to two second-half goals in the span of five minutes from Saleh Al Shaheri and Saleh Mal Dawsari. Lionel Messi had opened the scoring for Argentina with a calmly taken penalty in the 10th minute, and the result seemed a foregone conclusion at the end of a first half, where Argentina clearly dominated. But Saudi's comeback. and eventual victory was on par with cameroon beating argentina in 1990 and probably senegal beating france in 2002 diman what did you make of all the drama <laughs> unexpected that uh, possibly the first thing that came to mind especially after as you said you know with argentina going up ahead that early in the game mm-hmm. uh, and also the series of goals being disallowed for offside it kind of seemed that it was just a matter of time because before argentina put the game to bed uh, really but uh, it is what it is and that is how you know as 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 herb renard said after the game strange things happen in football there were two brilliantly taken goals saudi arabia did have their moments in the first half to be honest but at no point in time did it seem that argentina did not have control of the game till the 48th minute and the 53rd minute goals and they were good goals not only because of the way they were executed but look at the circumstances under which they've come uh, messi scores argentina take control saudi arabia lose their captain who came back later to celebrate on crutches that was the stroke of half time in first half added time almost in all these things they could have aligned against saudi arabia and made them wilt and it would have been all right really because uh, nobody expected them to do it but they kept believing and those two goals actually talk of an incredible amount of self belief uh, the kind of self belief we did not see in qatar in their opening game the kind of self belief we did not see in iran uh, barring that moment of brilliance in which they scored when they scored the first goal you know if that self had there been that kind of self belief then ali rasa jahanbakhsh would not have missed close to half time in the first half against uh, england if you never give up trying and that's something that herb renard has been known to drill into his teams he did that with zambia when they won the african cup of nations he's been able to drill that idea of never giving up into his teams and saudi arabia actually showed that not only that after they scored after the second goal also the way they defended the way they defended the way they timed their tackles there were five yellow cards i think so there were times when they realized that you know if you can't play by the book you have to you have to do something that may fetch you a booking but uh, you're taking it for the team just after the goal there was one crunching tackle on messi 
it sent the message that, uh, you know, we are here for business. Or as Herb Renat said, we are not here for picnic uh, before the game. So what was also unusual for me was this. I have over the past nearly a week seen fans of a lot of countries who fetched up here. But yesterday, Saudi Arabian fans had pretty much taken over the place. I was at the Souk Waqif, which is the main marketplace area here. It's near the Corniche. And it was throbbing yesterday night. I had gone after the Poland game. No restaurants were, you know, able to serve customers. They were turning away customers. And pretty much Saudi Arabians had taken over the place. And they had driven down at the place where I'm staying. I've seen cars with the Saudi Arabian number plates and the flag of Saudi Arabia draped on their bonnets. They've driven down from Saudi Arabia. And after a game like yesterday, they were all having a good time. Uh, so that was another unusual thing about the World Cup here. You're used to seeing fans from England. You're used to seeing fans from Argentina, Mexico. But to see so many of them from Saudi Arabia come and enjoy a World Cup game was kind of uh, unusual for me at least. Uh, and uh, I think that was also another unexpected part of the day for me, I guess. Right, right. Uh, Riman, as you mentioned, there were three goals rolled out for offside in the first half. Uh, it didn't seem like Saudis, they were playing a high defensive line and it didn't seem like a particularly sound strategy, right? Given the ease with which Argentina were getting in behind. Conversely, it did seem like a sound strategy because what it was doing was, hmm. what it was doing was it was reducing Argentina's build-up time. And see, a high line is something that teams do these days often at club and increasingly for country because it is at clubs as Jurgen Klinsmann and Arsene Wenger told us at a FIFA technical study group meeting that it is at clubs, it is at the Champions League, the trends for the national team are set. So the high line is always a high risk game. Yeah. Always. But if you have confidence in yourself, what you're essentially trying to do is you're trying to reduce build-up time. You're trying to reduce also your team's distance to the rival goal. So it has its advantages. If you get caught out with balls being lobbed over the defensive line and somebody runs and meets it, too bad. But I am guessing that, you know, they also calculated that Argentina do not have players of, let's say, Mbappé-like speed. So it was a chance they could take. And it is because of the high line that Argentina could not really, you know, impose themselves on the game in the way they would have liked to. So, yes, it's a high-risk strategy, but it's one that worked. And it's one that I think we'll see a lot more teams try and deploy at this World Cup. Right, right. Especially against teams like Argentina, I guess. As you mentioned, against a team like France, for example, where with the pace that someone like Mbappe has, it is very high risk and could lead to two or three goals being conceded in quick time. Possible, possible. But it's also high reward as you know Saudi Arabia showed. So maybe it is a, it is a thing that teams are willing to uh, take a chance on. Okay, okay. Diman, what does this mean for Argentina? The other game in the group, uh, Mexico and Poland, was a goalless draw. Uh, Argentina, uh, I think they did lose the opening game of the 1990 World Cup to Cameroon, but ended up yeah, going all the way to the final. Can they still get out of the group or do you think it's curtains for them, uh, the result yesterday? No, they can. They can. It's not doom and gloom yet. It definitely isn't doom and gloom yet because uh, one, I think, You mentioned 1990. Uh, I think Argentina yesterday played better than they did in that 1990 game. They definitely have a better team than that 1990 team in terms of quality. And the fact that Poland and Mexico played a goalless draw is only going to help them. 
also what would be interesting to see is how much can saudi arabia carry on this momentum a result like that in your first world cup match in a campaign can take a lot out of you and whether saudi arabia can refocus can you know bring themselves to reproduce that kind of performance in their remaining two games also needs to be seen simply because they are not used to doing this simply because they they don't play football at that level where you know such consistency is expected of players for club and country day in day out uh, herb renard was making the point at the pre match press conference when he said you know i hope some day players from saudi arabia will be able to go and play abroad it has happened in egypt it has happened in countries like japan and south korea i am hoping some day it will happen in saudi arabia as well so what i'm trying to get at here is that saudi arabia arabian players do not have the exposure to elite football and that could mean after a momentous result like this which has led the country to declare a public holiday today uh, it could lead to a situation where they may not be able to bring their best game to the park so that is one poland and mexico having played out a draw is another so argentina can definitely get out of the group but they need to get their act together first they have the team they just need to now start winning games and winning world cup games right. so it's not doom and gloom yet no i don't think so right right i mentioned mexico poland being a goalless draw uh, denmark tunisia also played out a goalless draw but there was more drama in store in the last game between france and australia australia took the lead in the ninth minute through craig goodwin making us wonder whether we are going to have two upsets on one <laughs> but yes, france yes that's but france recovered recovered quickly and ran out 4-1 winners in the end olivier giroud grabbing the headlines with a brace uh devan what did you make of the france australia game that's just the kind of start they would have wanted england have got off to a, the kind of start that they would have wanted france have got off to a kind of start that they would have wanted and that makes argentina you know a bit of an outlier here because netherlands uh, managed to beat senegal uh, through edward mendy's errors and second half goals um, so the top teams have kind of got off to a good start except argentina which makes it more difficult for them maybe but uh, france for all their problems i mean uh, no team has been hit by problems like they have look at the number of players they've lost out to injury kimpembe and kunku Pogba and Kante. Kante and then you have a situation where Benzema gets pulls out you know just two days prior or something given all that it was very important for them to sort of get off to a good start then they are trailing by a goal uh, soon after the kickoff uh, it's exactly what you don't want to happen but this shows their character this shows that this team should not be trifled with they will now take a lot of confidence from this game they will now take a lot of confidence on the fact that mbappe has had a good game that giru that ultimate team man selfless striker they don't make too many of them i think they never made too many of them at all because strikers are selfish beasts and giru is possibly the most selfless team player that uh, any coach would want to have which is why despite not scoring a goal i think in 2018 he played pretty much every minute of the campaign hmm. for giru to get a couple of goals for uh, mbappe to show that you know he is in form it actually means that france got exactly the kind of psychological boost that they would have sought from the opener and the fact that they could come back from a early deficit 
and still notch up a convincing win, I think it's testament to their character as well. It's a good start for France, exactly the kind they would have wanted, given the circumstances in which they have gone into this tournament. Right, right. You mentioned Giroud being selfless. That's probably one of the reasons why he tends to get overshadowed a lot. But uh, yesterday, he equaled Thierry Henry, I think, on 51 goals now as the highest goal scorer for France. That shows his value and especially with Benzema not there. Absolutely does. Yes, absolutely does. And Diman, what did you think of the link-up play between uh, Giroud, Mbappe, Griezmann and Dembele? They seem to be on the same page and seem to have a good understanding, which is very important going forward, right? Absolutely. Uh, the, the thing is, uh, okay, there will be tougher opponents than Australia. But, uh, you know, as every coach here has said, as, as every technical person here has said, you know, the first game is the most important game. And that way, again, we come back to Argentina. It's a setback of massive proportions for them. I think there's only six teams or eight teams that have gotten out of the group in the past six World Cups after losing their first game. But to be fair to that, Spain have gone on to win a World Cup after losing their first game. But it tells you the amount of how, how difficult it is to come back. So the first game is very important. And to, to be able to do all the things that you just mentioned, to be able to get the attacking play right in the first game is exactly what Didier Deschamps would have wanted. And it's exactly what you know anybody who follows France would have wanted. So... It's it's all looking good for France, although going into the competition, it still has to be seen whether they actually miss a player of Benzema's ability or is this, dare I say, a blessing in disguise because Mbappe likes playing with Giroud and uh, this is, you know, one less problem for Deshaun to handle. So, uh, it is the kind of combination that took them to the World Cup in the sense of Griezmann, Mbappe and Giroud. So, maybe instead of trying to fit in Benzema here, France could be taking off from where they left off in, 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 in 2018 insofar as their attack is concerned. So, that's, that's a good thing. And the fact that Dembele has also got off to a good start is another good thing. So, I would say it's looking good for France. But there will be much tougher battles to come. Right. Right. Uh, moving on to today's games, Germany begin their campaign against Japan while Spain take on Costa Rica. 2018 finalists Croatia face Morocco while Belgium are up against Canada. Uh, Deman, on paper, it seems like it should be pretty smooth sailing for the European teams today. Uh, but as we have seen, that uh, doesn't mean they can take things for granted. Anything that you're looking forward to from, from today's matches? I'm looking forward to how much of a positive vibe have teams imbibed after what Saudi Arabia did yesterday. It's something that uh, gives all teams the feeling of hope. If they can, why can't we? Japan, Germany, for instance, Japan yeah. have a good team. They have come into the tournament having done well, but they are in a terrible group. And I remember talking to Kisuke Honda when he had come down for the Asian Cup qualifiers uh, in Kolkata in June. So he said it's a terrible group. But he also said, you know, the thing about this team is that they never give up. And Japan were unlucky against Belgium in the last World Cup. You know, I'm just thinking that if they can draw some inspiration from what Saudi Arabia did, it could be making another statement for Asia. Uh, That said, obviously Germany go into the game as favourites. Costa Rica can be a difficult team to break down, uh, but Spain have, again, a number of very good attacking players. I am very keen on seeing how 
Pedri performs because he he's an absolute diamond and he's so young. So, you know, in a competition that you've already had, Jude Bellingham do well in a competition where it's, it's always good to have some young players sort of break through. Timothy Weir scored a goal. Christian Pulisic uh, has had a good game against uh, Wales. So, I'm looking forward to see how Pedri takes off in this World Cup. And Belgium-Canada is a game I'm keen on simply to see Canada because, you know, this is, this is one of the stories of the World Cup. Here is a country where football is definitely not the number one sport. They come back to the World Cup after 36 years and they've done it in some style. They topped a continental qualifier that has USA and Mexico. They were possibly the first team from the region to make it to the World Cup. So it tells you, it tells you the growth of football in a country. It tells you an emerging, a country where football is beginning to be taken seriously. They have their own league now, which like in India is a closed league. There is, apart from teams playing in the MLS, they're gradually sending out players to play in Europe. Alfonso Davies is the most important name, but they have a whole lot of players who are playing in the uh, in, in clubs in Turkey, in, in, in lower divisions, uh, in Germany. So it's a story of a football nation that is growing. And being an Indian, these are the kind of stories that give you some hope. So I'm looking forward to the Canada game as well. Right. And of course, to see where Croatia begin. I mean, it's an early game. Thankfully, the heat has not been a problem so far. And I'm guessing it won't be today as well. So it's an early game. But can Morocco make a point for the Arab-speaking world? Can Croatia show that their old guard still has it in them? So I'm guessing that, you know, all the games today have something or the other to look forward to. And uh, yeah, it's, it should be another exciting day. Right, right. I am looking forward to Pedri and Gavi as well for Spain. The one concern, according to me, seems to be the goals for Spain. They obviously enjoy a lot of position, but uh, Morata can be a bit uh, hit and miss. Is that something that Luis Enrique will be concerned about? They obviously pass the ball around. And And that's how they play. And uh, again, getting back to that conversation uh, reporters had with uh, Klinsmann and Wenger, an absolute masterclass. There is no other way to describe this. You are weak-kneed with gratitude for the opportunity to be able to have an interaction with such people who who breathe football, who live football. I'm digressing here, but the point here is Wenger and Klinsmann both said that, you know, how a country plays is reflective of the culture, of the, the football culture of their country. So Spain will always have possession. It is how they play. And if that means that they do not have a number nine, a Klinsmann-like number nine, if I should say, or a Ronaldo of the Brazilian phenomenon, like number nine, so be it. They won a World Cup doing that. So, it could be difficult. Uh, Morata is what he is, but he again, like Giroud, is a very hard-working player. And uh, often in the news for his misses, but he he gives his all for the team. With Morata, they went to the semi-finals of the European Championship and I think they lost to Italy on penalties. So, that's not all that bad. So, you know, that's how they play and uh, Luis Enrique has stuck to that uh, tradition. Teams play according to that kind of tradition that their football is. They keep the ball on the floor, etc. And, and play a lot of passes and then find the right moment to sort of break through. Uh, it could be difficult with... Uh, but, you know, getting back to Spain, have not relied on, on, on out-and-out strikers to get their goals. But they've still managed to win uh, a World Cup, two European Championships uh, over the past... Uh, 12, 13 years. So, it's good. I wouldn't change anything in the way they play. 
Right. We've had some uh, exciting action already. Hope there is more in store. Yeah, on that note, till we meet again. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles at Vivek9301 and at DemanHT. If you're a true football fan, you cannot not subscribe to Kickoff, our weekly newsletter on the world game which hits inboxes every Friday. For more updates on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.